0: everybody and welcome to the Stitch Please podcast. I am delighted and so excited to be talking today with Jasmine Chandler from So Much Jazz. I have followed her for so long and we met, she and I met at DC Frocktails back in <laughs> was that 2020
1: was 20 yeah 20 right before the pandemic started actually yes it yep. was 2020
0: mm-hmm. we met in 2020 and she remembered and I did not that <laughs> we both got our tattoos we got tattoos <laughs> at DC frog tales. this mm-hmm. is why DC frog tales is the best frog tales, and DC frog tales is the blackest frog tales, and DC frog tales is the only frog tales we recognize and we both got which design did you get
1: um, actually on my finger, I got a sewing needle and thread kind of loops through my hand.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I got on my forearm, I got mm-hmm. a sewing needle and stitches shaped like a heart.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love
0: that. It was such a great event. It was so much fun. It was, it was fun. so much fun. It was fun. So welcome to the program, Jasmine. Thank you Thank for you. being here. Thank you for so, having me. <laughs> This is so much fun. I'm so excited to be speaking with you because I look at your work and I see this wonderful trajectory, this wonderful path that you have been on. You You are you're a designer and you teach university level teaching about fashion and design and you do custom sewing and now Mm -hmm. you're going to be shifting into pattern design and pattern sales. I would love to talk a little bit about just just to begin, what is the start of your sewing story? How did you get started? How did you get going on this as a creative practice?
1: Okay, so it's, it's been a journey, but I will say, and I remember exactly, I was in the fifth grade, I always used to like sketch, and dress. so I always used to like sketch out like ideas, when i I'd go back to school shopping, I would draw out my outfits, I always used to love the draw, and I remember sitting at my table in the fifth grade, I don't know how I remember this, but I remember sitting at my table in the fifth grade, and I just said, oh, I want to be a fashion designer, I had no idea what that was, I don't know where it came to in my head, but I said I want to be a fashion designer, I didn't know how to sew. Asking how to draw. And ever since then, I have been pursuing that dream. Funny enough, I started out as a pharmacy major in college because that was a more safe career. The term was six years, six figures. So I said, okay, I'll do the pharmacy thing. I'll make my money and then I'll open my fashion boutique. So that was always the goal to go back into fashion. My freshman year, I was miserable. I was truly miserable. I had no idea what was going on. I remember sitting in class and just like the words, terminology not just like going over my head. Like I had no idea. I was failing out all my classes. I was just miserable. I would come back into my dorm and just cry. Like I was just, it was just terrible. <laughs> and I had a discussion with my mom that summer and said, no, I can't do this anymore. I have to do something different. I said, I really want to pursue fashion design. She said, well, I'll give you an ultimatum. Either you stay where you're at and you can change your major or you can go to the other school. And you can do that. I had initially had an idea of the school I wanted to go to, but she said, No, I'm not paying for that. You can go to this other school that I know your friend goes to, and you can you know, do it from there. So I said, That's fine. I'll take it. So I changed my major in transfer schools. And um, now I have my BS in textiles and apparel studies from Delaware State University. And then I went on and got my MS in fashion design from Drexel University.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. To go from pharmacy to fashion? Yes. <laughs> that is
1: quite the transformation. Yes. <laughs> But I, mean, I knew my you... passion was. I, that's the thing. I knew my. I just knew it wasn't for me. I, even before then, I went to an HBCU for my undergrad career. And they normally have, during the homecoming week, they have fashion shows. I yes. remember just sitting in the audience and just watching like the models come down. And I line to say, I need to be doing this. That's what motivated me to change and, and pursue fashion. I need to be in that area and work in fashion.
0: It's just so interesting to hear your story of heartbreak sitting in a chemistry class yes. or some kind of class yes. like that and just feeling like, I am so out of place, I'm out of my depth, maybe these other kids understand what's going on, or maybe they're just as confused as me, I don't know, (laughs) but I'm not feeling, this is just not working for me, but then, during homecoming, Mm -hmm. you go to a fashion show, and then Mm -hmm. that's when your spark gets lit up, and you're like, wait a minute, this is what feeds me, this is what's getting me excited and to be able to discover that so early. Mm-hmm. I think it is pretty unusual. <laughs> so you went to Delaware state.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where I, that's, I I didn't know act the thing. I didn't know how to sew or do anything until I got into undergrad. When I first started my fashion program at Dell State, that's when I first started learning to sew. It was still very basic. That's why I went on to go to grad school to home my skills a little bit more. That's why I feel like I really learned and really got better into what I'm doing now.
0: I'm excited that you learned to sew in undergraduate.
1: Yes. Like,
0: not because you and a friend sat around a table in the dorm room and she taught (laughs) you how to sew something. You had classes that you were Mm -hmm. actually graded on. Mm -hmm. I I know this might sound like not a big deal to you, but it's a huge deal to me (laughs) because my undergraduate classes, which I had a good undergraduate experience, Mm -hmm. but closest thing that we did, I was a communications and English major. The closest thing that we did in terms of practical arts was graphic design, where mm-hmm. we had to design a font, which I <laughs> loved doing because uh-huh. I love typography. I think that each individual letter of a font is a piece of art. Mm-hmm. I love that kind of detail stuff. But I didn't even know to walk into a class full of sewing machines. And you got to go there and cut out your pattern and do the mm-hmm. interfacing and learn to understitch mm-hmm. and all of that. Yeah, it sounds incredibly fun. Let me yeah. be honest, it sounds super fun. <laughs> so you had a good
1: time. Yes. And and that's the thing, too. As I mentioned before, I was failing my freshman year um, of college, but I graduated top of my department, top of my class, and also graduated with um, honors as uh, magna cum laude. So that shows you how, when you need a purpose, you will excel within that area. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes.
0: This is fantastic. Magna (laughs) cum laude. Yes. When you look back at your undergraduate experience, Mm -hmm. can you identify like two or three things that you walked away with? that gave you the, the courage to move forward through this career
1: path? I know for, well, the program that I was in, and it's funny enough, I will get to it later if um, need be, but I actually went back to that school, my undergrad, and taught there. That's how I started my education career. I felt like it wasn't, I wanted to be a designer, and it was like a generalized like, fashion. I did a little bit of everything, so I wasn't focused on uh, design too much. I had very basic sewing skills. It wasn't that great. So I knew that one thing I had to do was really push myself to get to where I wanted to be. I also always said that when I'm able to get there, I want to help the next person along to help them get to their journey. That's one of the biggest things that I like pretty much took from that experience.
0: Yes. Through your education, you learn mm-hmm. the importance of connecting with people mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. building community and inspiring because you were inspired and now you get to turn around and similarly right. inspire someone else. After undergraduate and then after mm-hmm. graduate school, did you start right away into your custom sewing business or so, did you spend doing something else?
1: So that's the thing. So after I graduated from grad school, that was 2013. I was applying, you no, know, and they teach you all of the technical skills, but, you know, I was Trying to get into industry, I would attend interviews in New York. I was going to New York like every other week, uh, doing an interview, trying to get a job as a pre- assistant pre- designer somewhere. However, I wasn't getting the callbacks; so it wouldn't follow through, which is weird. So I just gave up in a sense. And then I, you know, I was, you know, I was back at home. I changed my parents' basement to my little uh, mini studio, uh, sewing studio. And that's when mm-hmm. I kind of started doing like prom dresses and prom gowns. I started being my clientele that way because I wasn't really—I you know, had to make some type of income for myself. So I was basically—that's basically how my business started. I was doing a little bit towards the end of the year to the last couple months of my grad school career. But once I I couldn't get a job in industry, I actually started building my my brand, building my business.
0: And I really love that because what it Mm -hmm. shows is that you had, your passion has been driving you from the Mm -hmm. beginning, Mm -hmm. from a fifth grader, Yes, that, that you can vividly remember being a yes. fifth grader sitting in class, mm-hmm. drawing out pictures. I, for example, will be excited about back to school shopping to get yes. school supplies and stuff. You get excited about back to school shopping yes. so you can draw out your outfits, outfits and and then you can find pieces that would then match your drawing. <laughs> Incredible. It just shows that you have the skills and that it doesn't necessarily require somebody else to acknowledge Mm -hmm. you. And I think that's Mm -hmm. an important Mm -hmm. lesson we can all learn that Mm -hmm. you really have to know yourself and know your worth Mm -hmm. because you can get easily discouraged. I believe that the fashion um, industry is a very competitive industry. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem particularly equitable. Mm
1: -hmm. It doesn't seem
0: that way at all. You can fortify yourself. Yes.
1: That's and within... that's funny you mentioned that. the way the program is at Drexel is both grad and the grad you pretty much do the same classes it's just you have you, ones for you know master's degree ones for a um, bachelor's degree and I really felt like in my class like, I felt very overlooked um, by most of my professors and when I graduated in class I was only the only brown only black girl one other girl who was Indian of Indian descent I was only black I felt very overlooked in that program which pushed me to, to myself that I you know I'm worth it, like I can do this. But yeah, I remember just feeling very overlooked in that program throughout my entire um, time there, doing the whole program.
0: And you said you were at an HBCU before you yes. transferred to study fashion. Where were you?
1: Mm-hmm. My freshman year, I was at Hampton doing pharmacy. Then I transferred to another HBCU, which was Dell State, and did fashion.
0: Okay, so mm-hmm. you stayed at HBCU mm-hmm. for both graduate yes. school, for mm-hmm. both undergraduate yes. education. So it's yes. not like you left the comfort of right. uh, mm-hmm. HBCU to go to an aggressively white so university. Yeah, and, both, and I it's just oh, this is gonna be hard. But no, you <laughs> yes. still you had a really firm foundation in mm-hmm. undergraduate. Did you find that helped you when you got I, to I... Drexel? Did you feel like? <gasps> this is some bullshit. I don't know if I like this. I, def- I mentioned it because I went to a women's college for undergraduate. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then when and then when I went to graduate school, Jasmine, uh-huh. I was in classes <laughs> with men for the first time. And oh, I, tell okay. you, I tell you what, they would not shut up. They did not know shit, mm-hmm. but they kept talking mm-hmm. and talking and I would get angry. <laughs> I'd be like, why am I busting my butt? I'm reading 300 pages a night. I am killing myself to show that I can do this work and that I'm reading and studying. And they just roll up and say things like, (laughs) I didn't do the reading, but Mm -hmm. I believe blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how are you going to admit to everybody that you just talking (laughs) out of your butt crack? what yeah. and so did you have experiences like that because i can imagine just like you just from being in from an hbcu and then being yeah. like a lonely only it's you and a southeast asian sister are the yeah. only two folks in there
1: yeah initially in my program i first started out with me and three other um black girls and we actually we still I'm still talking to this day one of the girls i'm very close with my friend abia we still like we talk every day she's a designer as well but we once you know throughout the time we could get different paths but Honestly, it wasn't that bad for me because being in, in the graduate program, was, I didn't have that do with the undergraduate experience. I kind of came on campus, did my work, and went back home, basically. Mm. I had my friendship that I had formed. Of course, I f- had friendship with everyone else, too. But, you know, of course, I had my sister that I very, like, linked with as well. So it wasn't that bad for me. I, I was there to learn. So I wasn't, like, looking for too much outside of that either. So
0: you are like, you know, I'm just going to get in and get right. out. You know, and mm-hmm. it's true that graduate school or professional schools, especially, mm-hmm aren't so much about creating communities or like building right. lasting friendships in the same way that undergraduate tends to be seen as. You finished, you've got your degrees, you're trying to fit in and to mm-hmm. get get a place at one of the fashion places in New York, which is a mm-hmm. big fashion hub in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And it's just been really, it's, it's been hard. It's hard. Right. And so you're like, I'm going to invest in myself. Mm-hmm. So what is the first step that you did when you decided to Build a small studio in your parents' house, and to start doing prom gowns. Like, what got you to that point? Was there a story you had to tell yourself to help empower you to feel ready to do that? Or tell me a bit about that process.
1: Honestly, I feel like it developed on its own. I never really promoted. I was like making my business um that much. I got a lot of referrals from like friends who knew I designed. And like made clothing and I went that way. And then from there, I got more referrals and more referrals. But I did. That's the thing, too. I did do a lot of research on my own because I had no way to figure out. There's no particular source to go to to figure these things out. So I did a lot of my own research. I'll go to New York, go to trade shows, just connect with vendors. And just like do a lot of like back-end research, buy books, check, search the internet, and just figure out things out step by step until I can get, get to where I needed to get. I was so- going to do the big thing. So
0: you Mm -hmm. just spent a lot of time and energy supplementing the Mm -hmm. credentials you already had. That's the thing that I hear you're saying is that you you had like organic growth Mm -hmm. um, because you had referrals and and word of mouth and people saying, Mm -hmm. oh, Jazz does a really Mm -hmm. beautiful Mm gown and look what she made and oh, I want one of those too. Maybe my daughter might want that or this for a special occasion. But you also had core competency in the industry already because Mm -hmm. you studied it as an undergraduate. Tell right. me, what made you think that you still needed to know more? Is it because you are, is it because you are just intellectually curious and you yes. are really passionate <laughs> about the field and you just want to know more or, yes. I don't, or did you feel like you were, okay, you said, so tell me, yeah, elaborate on honest, that. I want to hear honest, more about that. You <laughs> love learning.
1: I love learning. I love this crap. I've been passionate about it for so long. I love this crap. If I could take a class now and advance myself, I would, but there's something really like, you know, I'm never saying I'm better than, but there's some things that it is want to advance certain area once advanced but nothing really around me like that but i'm trying to everything i can find across online i can do or go somewhere i would do it because i just love learning i want to build my tech i'm still everyone's still learning. I'm still building my technique. I'm still building my skills. So if I can find a class now to this day, I would take it. I just love, you know, learning about you know, the industry, learning about my craft and just building and holding my skills.
0: I love that. Mm-hmm. It makes a difference in, in what you're able to create mm-hmm. because, and, and also it makes a difference in how you teach, because mm-hmm. I think in order to teach, you have to, at least it mm-hmm. for myself, you have to also be in a constant place of learning.
1: Yes. Is- if
0: everything exactly. and there's nowhere left to know <laughs> and nobody can tell you nothing. Exactly. this is, That's stagnation to mm-hmm. me because expertise always has to be
1: refreshed. Yes. You know what
0: I mean? And like, industry
1: changes, like fashion changes. So it's good to stay abreast of things too.
0: Yes. So... I want to talk about your own teaching, but -hmm. we're gonna take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about her teaching and how she teaches fashion design and garment construction. And then we can shift to talking about her new pattern collection. (laughs) Hooray! Stay tuned y'all, we'll be right back after the break. black women stitch in the stitch please podcast are happy to announce that we have another way to connect with our community in addition to the ig lives that we do every thursday at 3 p.m we also now have a club on clubhouse that's right friends they done messed up and given me the chance to have a club Follow Black Women Stitch on Instagram and now on Clubhouse Thursdays at 3 p.m. on Instagram and 3 45 p.m. on Clubhouse Eastern Standard Time. and we will help you get your stitch together. We are back everyone and I am happy to be speaking with Jasmine Chandler. So much jazz um, <laughs> on Instagram who is a designer and a teacher and she's going to talk to us about Both of these things. She was talking before about what it means to be a lifelong learner. And as someone who studied design and sewing and garment construction at both the undergraduate and the graduate level, I find her so impressive. She has the credentials, she's done the work, she's done the training, and she helps to train other people. I wanted to hear a bit about the classes that you teach, Jazz. Tell me about that. What would it like to go back to your undergraduate institution yes. as faculty?
1: I came back from grad school. I started my business, and I was just like working within my business. So my old professor actually had reached out to me and said, "We have an open t- position. Do you want to come back and teach?" I've never taught before. That I did like a small like arts program at a local nonprofit uh, art center in DC, but that was the, the most of it. So I was like, "Okay, <laughs> I need a job." I, mean, I was doing okay, but not enough to like really live. So I said, "Okay, I'll do it." So um, I went back and I started teaching, and of course. I know my first year, I felt bad for the students because I was so nervous. Like, I know I was just like all over the place, but you know, as time went on, I got a lot more confident in it. And I actually realized that's when I realized really that's my true calling is the education portion of fashion. I just remember just being that individual who wanted to learn how to, you know, sew and design, but not really having any type of guidance or idea of how to go about it. So I want to be that person to help the next person. And I think it was really good um, as well because, you know, I was 23 when I went back. I was very close in age to most of my, not close in age, but very, yeah, close in age. To most yeah, of my pretty they close in kind of, age. Yeah, so mm-hmm. they, they, they looked up to me. I could relate to them pretty well. I talked about the trending trendin things that were going on. So they connected that way. So that was a pretty good, like, experience. And I taught there um, for four years. And then actually three years ago, I left and I came back to Maryland. I'm um, teaching at the local community college.
0: That is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Give us your favorite top two classes to teach. I know you've probably taught a bunch, but <laughs> what are your two favorite classes?
1: My favorite two classes, of course, is flat pattern design. <laughs> I just love. It's a little more, a little bit more of an advanced class, but it just gives you that final that that freedom to actually design and make what you want. I definitely love teaching flat pattern design, and my second one is also draping.
0: I would love to ask some questions. So that's why Mm -hmm. I wanted to know so I could ask you questions Mm -hmm. about those because Mm -hmm. I still think, I think of fashion school, the musical, the TV show fame, Mm -hmm. like where everyone's (laughs) singing and dancing and stuff. And you guys are carrying around sewing machines instead of books. I know that draping is important. It's a fundamental Mm -hmm. of design. It's one of the Mm -hmm. earliest ways to think about creating a garment. Mm -hmm. Why is draping so important? Why is draping an important skill for a new designer to learn? I feel
1: like it's. When once you broke it was like you can choose either to drape or to flat pattern, but I feel like draping is as good as especially if you're like more of a visual person because you can actually see it come to life on the form as you drape out and move and, make, and create the garment on the dress form. So that's why I like draping a lot. I never
0: understood how you go from draping something on a dress form mm-hmm. to making it a garment that people can wear i'm like oh that is so pretty on this dress form (laughs) but
1: how am i gonna get it on my body so you have like um yeah you have to just mark it so once you create the design you just mark it like take a pencil or a uh, marking pen and just mark out the darts or whatever seam seam lines you have or whatever the design style is then you transfer the pattern then you make the pattern This sounds like I need to take
0: a class with someone named Jasmine Chandler.
1: It sounds like I need to find yeah. out the community
0: college you are currently working at. And mm-hmm. after the corduroy is all done and everybody's vaccinated, uh-huh. I can come there and take a class sometime. And I, I, I'm trying to figure out how to make that happen. Virginia yeah. and Maryland are actually yeah. rather far apart yeah. from where I am. I'm not in northern mm-hmm. Virginia. I'm in central, okay. so it's far. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it sounds fantastic. It's, yeah. Have you... Thank you so much for elaborating on that because mm-hmm. I've seen people drape and I, of course, I know about yeah. drapes of fabric and that kind of thing, but I do not understand the transformation yeah. process of adding the seam lines and the center front, the center back yes. and all these other mm-hmm. things. I'm, your speaking now is mm-hmm. reminding me of how you might've felt in chemistry class. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, all you got to do is adjust the covalent of this and understand all you got to do is, so real quick, you got to go chip-chop. And I'm like, what? I I don't understand. What What is she talking about? And and so it's also really exciting to see that you really like to teach flat pattern Mm -hmm. design because Mm -hmm. now you have said earlier that you are shifting from your prom gown, prom Mm -hmm. dress, custom sewing business, Mm -hmm. which really does extend your skills as well because when you're custom sewing, it's you might start from a block. I'm mean, gonna I ask you mm-hmm. rather than telling you what I think. Mm-hmm. What I imagine custom sewing involves is different sets of measurements because right. everybody's body is different. And so you exactly. learn to sew in a flexible and fluid and highly adaptable way. Like you can't get mad that the skirt you made for person A <laughs> will not exactly. fit person B. <laughs> so you're gonna make the skirt and you're gonna right. make it once now you're launching mm-hmm. some
1: patterns so mm-hmm. tell us
0: about that tell us about this pattern line and where that yes. came from
1: i always knew maybe maybe the last five or six years i had the idea to start a pattern line of course i never started because once you like it's sometimes it's like how where do i even start because it just seems so overwhelming this is so big but one thing i would say is once like the pandemic hit let me to allow me to slow down a little bit because actually i during the pandemic like, all my prom like clients pretty much canceled but they didn't cancel. they just never picked up the dresses, and like, it just kind of died out. So I was like, no, I couldn't do more, any more in-person um, courses. So I had to adapt and rethink how I was going to do my business plan. And I said, I'm going to you know, do some things I always said I want to do and never, never start. So I started working on launching my pattern line. So that's like how that came about
0: that is so smart because you're absolutely right because and I know mm-hmm. some friends who for example work in the wedding industry mm-hmm. and what do you do if there're no weddings mm-hmm. but your job is a wedding photographer mm-hmm. or a wedding dress designer or a cake decorator right. you don't have those and so that so you really do have to adjust mm-hmm. and so with schools being canceled and social functions being mm-hmm. canceled that meant that prom was canceled for many yes. people yes. for 2020 and that you still want to move forward with your vision Mm -hmm. it's also nice to think too that your vision isn't dependent on what other people are doing you were trying to get jobs in new york and those weren't coming through but instead Mm -hmm. of just giving up you kept going you kept with it you devised a workaround that was thriving and successful for you. And Mm -hmm. then when that started to face some challenges, again, beyond your control, Mm -hmm. you still, you found another workaround. You found Mm -hmm. another way to make (laughs) it work and to advance your design philosophy, Mm -hmm. your passion for fashion design, (laughs) and you were able to keep that going. And now because you are designing and selling patterns, the benefit is larger. Instead of sewing for one client, you are creating a pattern that lots and lots and lots of people can use. So I'm really curious about this. As someone who enjoys teaching flat pattern design, Mm -hmm. was there anything about designing Mm -hmm. patterns for a mass market Mm -hmm. that surprised you?
1: Oh, yeah. It's still a learning curve. for me. I'm still learning lots of things. I've actually taken a, a class, a pattern workshop that I take. It's actually how I help help me learn certain techniques. Cause I know I have basic pattern drafting skills to make it to for multiple sizes. So there's lots of things you have to consider. I um, also want to make sure it was size-inclusive. So I made sure my size range, although right now I'm from size 4 to 28. I do want to add, add on more as I go along, but I want to make sure I was size-inclusive. You know, grading those sizes, that was a learning curve, figuring that out. Um, so I'm still learning that. So I'm not like a complete expert yet, but I I have the basics. I'm working with what I have and going along with it.
0: And I've seen um, <clears throat> images of the dress, of the mm-hmm. swing dress, and mm-hmm. it is so super Thank cute. You. <laughs> so what So what made you decide to launch out with that <laughs> dress? Can you talk a bit about the process mm-hmm. of yes. designing the dress and then finding your pattern testers and why pattern yes. testers were <laughs>
1: important? Yes. So, actually, I asked an initial of three patterns that I'm rolling out. I'm actually working on the last one for this particular collection. And so, back in the summer, actually, I was part of the Moose Sewing Network community. I, I got the fabric from them. And I'll make great pieces. So, this is a big opportunity to use this platform. So, I'm going to draft everything myself. Use, I don't want to attack any other pattern company but my own work. So, I'm going to do that. And as I was posting them, I got a lot of like responses. Oh, is this a pattern? Can I? Can you make this a pattern for me? Can you make this? Okay, but I didn't like, I just, whatever. Like, I'm, I don't have time for that right now. But mm-hmm. actually, yeah. I went back and I said, you know what? I think I will. Because almost everything that I posted, everyone, oh, I will, which it was a pattern. So I said, okay, maybe this is my time to go back and visit and redo these, make these patterns out. So that's what kind of pushed me to do it all. I like could, my initial drafting and like initial ideas <clears throat> and just convert it into a PDF pattern format. So. That
0: is incredible. I, I, if someone asks, "Oh, is this a pattern?" I would just mm-hmm. be like, "Nah, cause I made it up." <laughs> uh, I would not be able to say, "Oh, sure, let me just go ahead and write and draw this down real quick yes. and make it a pattern in in some sizes and grade between the sizes." Mm-hmm. Okay, no problem. So I did see that some folks um had the dress and they mm-hmm. were posting it on yes. Instagram. And so were these the folks that you assembled to test your pattern? Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Tell had, me I why. Mm-hmm. Oh, Tell yeah. me why you think
0: pattern testing is important.
1: It's so important because one, you need to see how it fits different body types. What may work for you and what because when you sew for yourself, what works for you and what doesn't work for you. But when you have multiple sizes, multiple bodies, you want to see you know how that lays on different body types, and also it's good they help you um certain call out so say you're missing something that you know that because if you're just yourself it's a lot to you know, manage but tests really help you with certain um, issues or pet fit issues or even a directional issue that you have in your directions or instructions now you can see how that looks now also it helps with you no know, launch you can you know have everyone see the buzz about your new parent coming out so that's where it's very helpful
0: so you say there's three patterns in the collection and mm-hmm. i've seen the swing dress mm-hmm. i've seen the the jacket that has that really cool mm-hmm. detail at the elbow and mm-hmm. what's the third pattern are you able to share that now or um, do you want, want to, to sit to- on it <laughs> I you don't have to
1: <laughs> i want to sit at, well, it well it actually it's no secret i if you pay any attention to my page i made this flight this boiler suit this orange boiler suit back in the summer and people just like really liked it. That's actually one of the reasons one of the major reasons why I wanted to go into pattern making, people really liked it and they wanted to make it. So I said, okay, I'll make this a pattern. So that's the next um pattern, which I hope to roll out this by May. It was supposed to have been out, but it's been a lot of issues with that. But hopefully by either this month or next month it can it can finally be out. So
0: <laughs> that is so okay, y'all. You got, we got a little bit of a sneak preview here. That that this pattern may or maybe may may this, this episode is going to come out in May, so okay. it okay. may or may not be here. And so, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm going to say that it is. I'm just going to oh, go yeah, ahead and I'm and, and it, believe dude. that it's going to be ready, and you can just go to so much jazz mm-hmm. on Instagram and you can find out all the information you need to know about this. And also you get to see the other works. I just think that swing dress <laughs> is just so absolutely adorable. So after you finish this collection, Jasmine, mm-hmm. what is next for you? What do you imagine the next step for so much jazz? Um,
1: I, well, for one, I'm going to be, I'm going to keep re- releasing different. Now I'm going to with my summer patterns. So I have a couple of styles I'm going to be working on and launching out for the summer and also want to bring back my I'm um, doing the pandemic I started doing my virtual uh, live classes live courses teaching flat pattern so I'm going to be working on that for this summer as well I'm um, teaching uh, flat pattern design and, and one at one level one and level two and also possibly draping i I'll probably bringing back so those are the next couple of things I have coming out in the next couple of um, months.
0: So, these classes that you're mentioning, the flat Mm -hmm. pattern design Mm -hmm. and draping one and two, are these things that are going to be online so people can sign up for them? Mm Yes. And and where would would we find that information?
1: It would be, normally I have it on my page under So Much Jazz. Also, that's another thing too. I um, launched a second page or second business called J Desiree Studio with the intent to help create educational resources for people who want to either make patterns or just like references for like classes and courses and also you know, t- uh, tips and tricks so that that page is dedicated to J Desiree studio on instagram so i'll probably also have them listed on there as well excellent
0: so you heard it here folks you can follow <laughs> so much jazz on instagram and also Desiree studio to learn more about this fantastic project Jasmine, this has been so nice. Thank you. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. I am so excited. This has been so much fun just to learn about your rich background in sewing. And I can't remember what I was doing in fifth grade, but I can tell you right now, I was not outlining my entire career path. That's for sure. You are certainly, you certainly win win the follow through award for following (laughs) through on the ambitions that you had Mm -hmm. as a young child um, and moving that forward for today into such a beautiful and thriving business congratulations to you on everything
1: thank you so much
0: You've been listening to the Stitch Please podcast, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. We appreciate you supporting us by listening to the podcast. If you'd like to reach out with, to us with questions, you can contact us at blackwomenstitch@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do that by supporting us on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And you can find Black Woman Stitch there in the Patreon directory. And for as little as $2 a month, you can help support the project with things like editing, transcripts, and other things to strengthen the podcast. And finally, if financial support is not something you can do right now, you can really help the podcast by rating it and reviewing it anywhere you listen to podcasts that allows you to review them. So I know that not all podcast directories or services allow for reviews, but for those who do, for those that have a star rating or just ask for a few comments, if you could share those comments and say nice things about us at the Stitch Please podcast, that is incredibly helpful. Thank you so much. Come back next week and we'll help you get your stitch together.